Hello. Hi. It's us, your favorite duo, here to unbleak your week. Pew, 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 pew. Annie, yeah. let's start off with some uh, questions to break the ice. I love it. If, um, if you had an entourage, hmm. who would be part of it? Okay, I'd have a private chef slash personal trainer. So I'm kind of mixing business with pleasure. Wild. Yeah. Number two in my clan would be a masseuse slash arm stroker. Someone who strokes my arm. Um, and just gives me, you know, just my, my touchy person. <laughs> and then number three would be just someone to make me laugh. Because laughter is the medicine that we all need what about you kj um i think i would have a personal choreographer not that you need it (laughs) um the second i'd just have like a hype man so someone who is constantly bigging me up or like walking behind me going whoo you got this yeah looking foxy (laughs) Yeah. And then the third person, I think I'd have David from Shit's Creek. Fantastic choice. Thank you. Thank you. I think he'd also he'd keep you in check. He'd keep me in check, help me with fashion. Lord knows you need it. <laughs> Kidding. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, those are my three. Can't wait till we get these entourages. Yeah, me neither. I think they're great. Not that you need my validation, but there you have it. <laughs> I'm glad I've got it. <laughs> Okay, my question to you is, uh, worst haircut that you've ever had? At the beginning of the year, I had a red mullet. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I was like, 2020, the year so for me. Red mullet, to me, sounds like a type of fish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slightly kidding, although my hair did look a bit like a mullet. Um, I once had a really bad hairdressing experience when I went to a hipster salon in Shoreditch and I had a guy hairdresser and he was, I can only say, appalled at my hair and he kind of said, oh my God, this is so damaged. I'm not going to put any heat on it. And then like snipped some things, like did a, did a, did a very quick cut. And then got the hair washer gal to stand like above me. Well, not stand above me. Hold a diffuser above me to just dry my hair very slowly with like very cool air for about 15 minutes. Mm. And I mean, like I wasn't expecting to leave the salon looking like a Hadid. But at the same time, I wasn't expecting to leave the salon looking like Orphan Annie. Oh God. Which is what happened. Um, so yeah, that's probably, that actually was my worst haircut experience. Never been back there again. Don't blame me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what about you? Uh, I went, it's not as bad as that. Uh, I just had a dodgy fringe cut once <laughs> and that was it. The, the hairdresser looked like he knew what he was doing, straddled me slightly in the seat. I mean, it was all above board. It's fine. But it was more just, I think he was. Was it he? How old were you when this happened? 16. But. Oh. Yeah. And he just, yeah, cut a really weird fringe that just kind of hit the bridge of my nose, but it wasn't a full across like the face. It was just a little tuft. And when I, my friend saw me, she just couldn't stop laughing. And <laughs> Do I had you to have wait for it. Again? 
evidence. I, I'll find some photographic evidence because it's just a it's a real dodge fringe. But yeah, things could be yeah. worse. Things could be worse. Yeah. Um, last icebreaker question. Although we don't really need to break the ice, but I think it's good for good for everyone to 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 know more about us. Um, what are what are your favorite hobbies of late? I've started learning how to map read at the age of thirty-two because I nice. think I need to find my way around places. Upskilling, yeah, it's a way of finding myself in my whole you know life journey, which is going to be a long one. But then <laughs> the whole, literally finding myself and paying attention to things more and not kind of glazing over when says, oh, it's the South side and me being like, what? When did we move to Miami? English, yeah. <laughs> Left, right, up or down, tell me. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm making myself concentrate more. So I went on a walk uh, the other day with a map and my dad gave me a fairly straightforward route. That was fine. I went again with him this week, but he let me map read, which was going very well. And then we decided to go off piste with his permission. And I don't know why I said his permission. That's weird. But he, we ended up being in, I got myself into this weird sense of feeling like I was in the film 1917 and we were <laughs> in between footpaths and I just was worried that we were going to get shot by a farmer for no logical or rational reason. I just thought it was going to happen. And then we were like climbing through fences and I got myself caught on a barbed wire fence. Uh, and my dad told me. It sounds quite a lot like the movie 1917. I mean, it was. Happened. It was. There were no trenches, but there it was. It wasn't far off. Like I was told, my dad like kind of whispered to me to stay clear of the uh, the pheasants and not alarm them because they were going to blow our cover. And what was like a nice walk suddenly turned into something a little bit more sinister, which was probably all in my head. But anyway, <laughs> and we had a farmer coming along, and I just got very you know, it shook me a little bit, but it hasn't put me off. And I realised I was being a dramatic little tart, so that's fine. <laughs> I'm not going to stop. And I've decided to, you know, where's, where's Wally? Where's Wally? That's me. Find me. <laughs> and I will. watch I me will. find myself. But yeah, I've called it Alienteering, uh, a play on the orienteering. Lovely. And I'm just, yeah, making my way through life. That, that this sounds great. I approve. Again, not that you need my validation. But I again, always need your validation, KJ. You've got it. <laughs> uh, tell me about your escapades or your hobby. My hobby. So actually, the last couple of weeks, I've been um, partaking in some dance workshops. So yesterday, I went and did one, a Lady Gaga dance workshop, and learned the dance to telephone, which was such a fantastic two hours. It actually felt a bit like I was in the club, you know, and I'm wondering yeah. if that's why I'm doing it, because I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to the club. I, I know why you're doing it. I saw the video. You're electric. <laughs> You're in the second row, but I, all my eyes are just all on you. And that finish yeah, that's that you really did. Yeah, not like me. I'm usually a front row wanker. Oh, sorry. I swear there. Um, and I hog the front row, but for the, in this class I didn't. I was in the second row. I feel I want to name, I want to, I want to cast a, um, a dance film in your honour. Yeah. And I was thinking of some names after watching that video. And I thought, I just want to get your approval. One could be um, Cat Beret. <laughs> Cabaret. Like cabaret. Yeah. Nice. And the, it would just be me wearing a beret. Yeah. Shuffling <laughs> along. Not that you shuffle, but you know. Uh, clearly, <laughs> I know nothing about dance. Or Chicago. Nice. Also a good one. Chicago. Yeah. Step up 10. Cats back at it. 
or cat hits the streets but that makes you sound a little bit like a hooker <laughs> I'm, ha- I'm happy with it i yeah. love the step up movies step up to the streets fantastic <laughs> cannot recommend it enough you heard it here first there's like 3d oh no maybe it's step up three there's so many that's why i called it step up 10 i'm sure there aren't 10 films but it's a large franchise yeah so what else has been going on ali uh so my favorite word been checking out the news to see what's going on see if there's anything cheery and is there well i don't know uh (laughs) It's hard to find, but I've just found something about um, your pal, Andy Burnham. Oh, I saw some things on Andy Burnham. Mm. Um, Ali? Yeah. Do you think we made him a sex symbol? I think we made him. From the last episode? Yeah. I didn't know we had that power. He's just become this pinup, thanks to us. (laughs) And thanks to the fact he likes to unbutton his shirts to a bit more than, you know, what would be deemed as. But I think (laughs) Boris is just... The whole Manchester thing is purely a jealousy thing because Boris wants that wants that tagline, but he just doesn't have it. That's Annie Burnham pin up in a week. Boris Johnson, don't you no. start? No. <laughs> I mean, I know why I'm making this so political. I have my own life politics to deal with, KJ. What am I playing at? <laughs> no more politics here. No. Get out of here. Uh, so yeah, just a bit of gloomy news. Did you see about the? Um, did you watch? Sorry, the. Six Nations yesterday. I actually did not. I meant to, but I didn't watch it. Did you hear the story about the uh, barbaric barbarians? <laughs> I being did. There? I did. Classic that. Cheeky, yeah. cheeky Robshaw, eh? I, I used to think uh, Robshaw was his name. Rob, pause, Shaw. <laughs> and yeah, for quite a long time. I saw him in Winter Wonderland once and I went up to him. He saw me hovering because he clearly thought I was keen for a photo and I was like thanks Rob Shaw but I, I had a little gap I think he just probably thought I was just saying a surname just like you know being with the lance yeah Rob Shaw Rob Shaw but yeah <laughs> I now know that's not his name well it is his name but it's a surname so yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah naughty boys naughty boys but I mean you know we've got to live don't we in these we times do. of COVID yeah we really do that's the aim to live so <laughs> KJ, I'm finding it quite hard to find news that isn't all doom and gloom. And it just makes me think, who hurt the British media? Rupert Murdoch. (laughs) I found an article in the Times about... The Times? Yeah, the Times, I know. You know, since I left London, I've just missed my liberalness and I can't afford The Guardian. So here we are. This article about the art, uh, the Dutch art of doing nothing. So it's basically the art of doing sweet FA and feeling good about it. Ooh, and what is it? um, it's Ooh. called Nixon. Nixon. Yeah. With a silent invisible D. I put the D in there. <laughs> An invisible D. An invisible D, yeah. And it's meant to, so the Netherlands have the highest working efficiency. I mean, the Netherlands have quite a lot, let's be honest. They've got mm. tall, handsome people. Yeah. I mean, men, women, I'm talking about men. They have the world's second largest exporter of agriculture after the USA. I didn't know that. 
Yeah, chances are if you're eating an onion, KJ, it's probably from the Netherlands. They really have made a big impact for being quite a small country. Yeah. Tall people. Cyclists. Cyclists, lots of bikes, no? They've got more than one bike, I've heard. <laughs> Each. <laughs> as many bikes as they do have people, so. Really? Highly populated country with bikes and people. I have a story about Dutch people and bikes. Tell me. I went, <laughs> let me tell her. <laughs> I went to South America when I was in my youth. Um, and there's this thing in Bolivia called Death Road. And it's a road that you cycle down that's quite dangerous because it's, quite, it's reasonably narrow and windy. And on one side is just a massive cliff. And if you fall down it, you'll die. Some people regularly do, I believe. Um, and I went with my hostel and it was just me and a group of three tall Dutch boys. And I was fairly intimidated by them because they were tall and handsome, you know, a main, one of the main Dutch exports. Don't blame me. Um, and so we were cycling and there was just me, little, little me at the back trying to keep up. But I, I, to be honest, I held my own. I think they were, at the end, they were like, you kept up. You're scrappy cat. I wouldn't think anything less of you. <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything less of what I meant to say. <laughs> but then, right, we get to the end and the company that organized the trip said, so we, we're going to get in the minibus and drive back to the hostel. Do you want to go on the highway or go back on death road? And they were like, um, obviously death road. And in my head, I was like, um, obviously highway. This is how I'm going to die. And so we got the bus back along death road. And I just spent the entire time. It probably took about 45 minutes bussing it back. And I just spent the entire time thinking, this is how I'm going to die. My dad is going to be so pissed off with me that this is how I go. Um, but luckily, I survived. You have to tell the tale. I'm here to tell the tale. Um, yeah, sorry, segue there. No, from... that's no. I loved. I love the the three tall Dutch boys and KJ. Yeah, KJ, Scrappy yeah. KJ cycling for a dinner. I <laughs> so Nixon KJ with yeah. the invisible D. Um, they yeah they they're the highest working um, one of the one of the countries the highest working efficiency. And that's because for the sake of people's mental health, they just tell people to give themselves a break and have no expectations and just sometimes just do nothing in order to just regenerate and not feel the need to multitask and give their minds a break so they have room to be more creative and productive. So it's a very, something you're very mindful of doing, of just doing nothing. Huh. Yeah. It's a good concept. Mm. I feel that... It might be easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Last year or the year before, I read a book by Gia Tolentino called Trick Mirror. Have you read it? I have not read it, no. I recommend. Mm -hmm. It's a collection of essays that she wrote really about living during the time of the internet. And one of the essays, and I think it was my favorite essay that was called Always Optimizing or Always Self-Optimizing. I can't quite remember. And there was a quote in it that said the, the worst that things get, the more people try to optimize. And, and I think that kind of is exactly the opposite to Nixon. And kind of how I'm feeling right now, um, especially during COVID, I mean, kind of, I think in life or in work, definitely, I'm one of those people that says, oh yeah, no, I'm super busy. Kind of both as a badge of honor and also to try and prove 
my worth. And even, and kind of now during COVID, I'm trying to, you know, stay busy and achieve things, um, you know, work hard, go to the gym, do this podcast, star in the 10th step up movie. <laughs> um, to just, I guess, have some control, a feeling of control in life. Which makes so, complete sense. Yeah. So I how... Think, I think Nixon's basically trying to, Nixon's trying to uh, <laughs> take away the shame of doing nothing. And so if someone said, what have you been up to? You could say, try and say comfortably nothing and not kind of caveat it with, I, I'm just I'm on my 10th um, starter, starter of the day and I've been on my 15th walk. I've just made an app or whatever it is, you know, each their own. But I think the whole idea is to take away the shame of actually just sometimes, I mean, the whole, some of the ideas of Nixon is just doing nothing. You could just sit, out the, sit outside, no, not sit outside, what, look outside the window, stare into the abyss and just do whatever okay. you want to do. So, okay, so I'm going to say some things and then will you tell me if they're Nixon or not Nixon? Absolutely. One of them is sitting on my own trying to pronounce the word Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> You need, to, you, need to, you need to soften a D. Okay. <laughs> a soft D? Yeah, a soft D. You need to soften okay. that D. But you're nearly there. But yeah, that could, I mean, I'm not really sure because you don't want to be thinking, overthinking it too much. I don't think that's that um, Nixon, KJ. Okay. What about meditation? No, not Nixon. Okay. Watching a bad rom-com? Great, but not Nixon. Okay. Going on a morning walk before work? Hundy P, Nixon. Okay. Masturbation? Sorry, Mark. Handy P. Mixon. I feel there's going to be an article in the paper that says, uh, ignorant British girl completely misunderstands the concept of Nixon. And there's just going to be loads of Dutch people who are completely living with me. But I've done my best and that's all you can do. But yeah, so maybe try to put a little, little Nixon in your heart. Just, you know. I want the urge to be productive all the time and just sometimes just find yourself staring out the window. And if someone says, what are you up to KJ? Just say, thanks for asking. I'm staring out the window. Yeah. Bore off. Bore off. They could just be asking. I mean, you don't have to be harsh about it, KJ. <laughs> yes, I won't be aggressive. I think being, <laughs> whilst is my default, is not <laughs> the concept of Nixon. No. <laughs> what are you doing? Bore off. <laughs> That's okay. It's tense time for us all, KJ. It really is. Um, speaking of tense time for us all, an article that you sent me during the week actually really resonated. Um, I'm going to read it because it's quite a short clip. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, your friend sent it to you, right? She did, yeah, she did. She uh, sent it to me, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Um, and it says nearly two thirds of childless single adults aged 20 to 34 have either never left the family home or have moved back into it, according to new research into the boomerang, air quotes, generation. There are now an estimated 3.5 million young single adults living with their parents in the UK, a third more than a decade ago. I mean, when when my friend sent me this, she's like, "I'm so happy to be referred to as single, childless people." Adults. Yeah, adults. I mean, this person can bore off, that's for sure. Yeah, I just don't know who kind of goes into it. Be like, let's just research, you know, just find a really sad statistic of people who just. I mean, it's not even sad to be living at home. 
if I'm a boomeranger, so be it. Exactly. Uh, it, it, I mean, I guess the, it resonated with me mm. and I don't know about you, Ali, but I have been feeling quite a- alarmed recently, like for the whole of 2020, <laughs> like not about COVID. She's doing her air quotes again. <laughs> <laughs> but about my singleness mm-hmm. and I have this like inexplicable feeling that you know I think it's fairly explicable um a feeling that I've run out of time and that it's too late to you know to be able to find a uh, a boyfriend or a life partner or you know whatever um I, I I just very much feel like Justin Timberlake in that in time feel a film rather than having a digital watch on my arm saying how many hours I've got left. I just am very aware of the depleting store of viable eggs that I have in my body. Okay, Jay. No, I think it's, I mean, I think, I think it's fairly um, common. Oh, 100%. And that's why I wanted to bring it up because I was reading some articles about it and I just feel that, you know, being single during a pandemic is just a bit crap. I concur. <laughs> and I think kind of, it's partly because, well, the article that I read, which was in Stylist, um, the girl said that she had been on more dates than she had ever before. And she'd kind of started to take dating and app dating seriously. And I think I've definitely done that. Like I've been on more dates this summer than I have ever before but I haven't like got past the first past the first date on any of them they haven't been very good and so when you're faced with just like kind of a string of crap hinge dates and then every time you go on Instagram you see kind of another engagement or another baby scan which is great I mean I'm super happy for all of my friends Mm. but that's definitely kind of merged with the crap dating shone a light on you know a harsh light on <laughs> my singleness and I just wanted to I just wanted to share um and discuss and see like what do you think are you having similar feelings about being single during COVID? I feel especially as there seems to be this pressure you can't avoid it like there is this kind of pressure whether it's wrong or right about finding someone and then when you kind of feel like you're in your early 30s and then having lost an extra year, no wonder it's, yeah. and I think it's not just, you know, I'm sure people in their twenties feel a similar way that like you can't decide at what time you're ready to kind of settle down or, or however, you know, it has to feel right for you. But I've definitely reassessed what I kind of want and what I'm looking for. And I've had this like, internal battle just to let myself admit that I do want to meet someone because there's no, mm, there's yeah. no, there should not be, this is only shame I put on myself and it's probably something conditioned through society generally, but let's not kind of, blame it all on that even though it's their fault it's not their fault <laughs> the patriarchy, <laughs> Tell the patriarchy. Uh, I think corona has reinforced the need for human connection more so than kind of ever before mm. yeah quote me on that if you want and you know the whole hugging and like the, the the feeling of loneliness is unbelievably crap so no wonder we want to make those human connections and the uncertainty of everything that's happened with Corona, of course, we're going to feel we don't know, you know, what's going to happen in our future. So the anxiety is fairly high. 
and yeah. even before people I'm sure who didn't think they were necessarily looking for a relationship I think it's kind of like you said like shone a light on it and now people are a bit more like people yeah. are readjusting their kind of perspectives and their priorities I'm not really sure like, I can't speak for the whole nation but <laughs> every single person but no I think that's a good point I think that's a really good point and I think actually maybe I was one of those people I mean I don't think I I wasn't like oh yeah no I I, I really want this and I'm going to take it super seriously until this year hmm one other thing though I don't really like being referred to as the boomerang generation no I feel the person who wrote that article has um either been cut somehow or they have nothing better to do than conduct a research on just these kind of jobless life lifeless <laughs> single <laughs> you know no hope <laughs> peeps it just yeah, yeah. It's like way to add another negative story. That's that's conduct a, re- a thing on how many people are li- like li- living at home. He's definitely suffered from uh, being hurt by Murdoch. I've been hit by the uh, Corona boomerang, square in the face. <laughs> corona boomerang. I like it. Jeez, coronavirus really does have a lot to answer for. Feeling inexplicably angry and can't put your finger on it. COVID. Love life in shreds. COVID. An alcohol addiction? Definitely COVID. Loss of smell and taste in men? (laughs) Maybe COVID. (laughs) Don't blame it on the sunshine. Don't blame it on the moonlight. Living through some bad times. Blame it on the Rona. Wow. For any single peeps feeling crap, or anyone feeling crap at all for that matter, hang in there, guys. We got you. As they say, after the plague comes the renaissance. And my, will we, renaissance. After the drought comes the flood. Woof. Guys, thanks so much for listening to episode six of Girls Aren't Funny. Leave us a five-star review. Nothing less. Or just recommend us to a couple of your friends. Until next time. Peace.